Hey everybody, this is Tommy Miller. I'm the senior pastor at Legacy Church. We're really excited that you decided to join our podcast this morning. Our intention is to give you the information and the resources that you need to bring heaven to earth by walking in the fullness of your identity and your destiny. Enjoy the sermon, enjoy your day, be blessed, and do what Jesus did. Exciting to you? We pulled we pulled in this morning and Shanda goes, Can anyone take this from us now? I'm like, no, never. This is heaven's home in New Philadelphia. It's incredible. And and what's what's amazing is God saw the whole thing coming. We need this building now more than ever. Last night, I want to tell you guys what happened here yesterday. Um, yesterday, some folks gathered to be trained for our, our next recovery. Uh, project, and I want to tell you a little bit about it if Jen doesn't mind. I want to—I'm not going to tell you about it from Jen's aspect. Jen is the director of our recovery ministries, but I want to tell you the kind of favor that God has and the heart that He has for Tuscarawas County. So, yesterday we had Bernie Torrance. Do you guys know who Bernie Torrance is? He's a heavy lifter, my friends. He has—he has successful ministries in over 100 countries. He, he helps presidents of countries get their countries on track. They trained 40 of Pablo Escobar's henchmen in character, influence, courage, and vision. We had Mike Polin from Vancouver, Canada here yesterday. He's one of T.D. Jakes' associates. He was a, a, a politician in Canada. These are big movers and big shakers and they are so unbelievably excited about what God's doing in New Philadelphia that they came here in person to train our recovery team yesterday. That's amazing news. Now here's what's even more incredible is, is we have a program to meet the needs of not only people that are in recovery, but people that are post-recovery, people that are incarcerated. And we are taking this program into the recovery court, into the probation department, and most recently, we haven't got to announce this publicly, um, the sheriff wants us to bring it. I, I think that's scooting up to like 800 people that we're gonna be able to impact. And I, I just don't even know how to handle what's happening. It's like 2022 just, it took two years to get through 2022, right? And then we turned the corner and like, we lost our brakes. And we just started flying. And God just started providing. And things just started moving uphill. So listen, we're in an ever-increasing kingdom. This is the seed. It's the seed of our new beginnings in this building. And it's only going to increase. Um, we're hap happy to report also that, uh, I don't know if I told you guys this, and I don't think I'm stealing their blessing, but we have one of the coolest AA groups that meet here Monday and Friday at 8 p.m. And when they heard that the, the future of our building was essentially, I don't want to say on the line, but we needed a miracle to stay in it, 
they contributed. <laughs> That's incredible. And how, how many people were here Friday night when Nathan shared his lead? Bernie said about 200, is that close? Okay, so, so the, whole, the whole room was full. Okay, so that's, that's the kind of influence and that's the kind of use that this building's being put to. And I just, I don't know, I don't have words to express my excitement for our future because this will never end now. It's, it's happening and we're right in the middle of it and we get to steward this thing into oblivion, into the biggest and most fruitful thing that it can possibly become. And this is, I mean, we're two weeks into 2023, and we have nothing but time, passion, and potential. Amen? Amen. All right. Today is uh, Testimony Sunday, which is my favorite Sunday. Um, we get to not just listen to the word being taught, but seeing what the word does. And that evidence is something that no one can deny. Before I bring James Randalls up here, I want to give you some insight. And we do this about every time we share a testimony, a little bit more, a little bit less sometimes. But I want you to understand how a believer should steward a testimony. Is that okay? Give me three to five minutes. A testimony is the written record of something that God has already done, right? And if God was, is, and always will be, what he has done essentially obligates him to continue. Does that make sense? The way Sean Bowles told this story was wonderful. I, 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 I don't think I've ever related to a way um, to, to express this better than the way he did. He said when he was a child that if he, excuse me, if his sister and dad went shopping, when they would come home in his innocence, and this might sound a little bit uh, direct or straightforward to you, but in his innocence, he would say, Dad, you and so-and-so went shopping. Let me see your receipts. Like, how is that any of your business? And he said, no, it wasn't, it wasn't out of animosity. It's because I knew I had a father that wouldn't do something for one of my siblings that he wouldn't do for me too. How many of you know what that's like, right? We have such a loving father that if he did it for James, he'll do it for us. If he did it for James, he'll do it for our loved ones. <clears throat> It might sound straightforward, it might sound direct, but when you know the nature of the father, he doesn't play favorites, right? If he'll do it for one of his children, he'll do it for all of his children. And then testimonies now become prophecies. Because he has done it means he'll continue. If he did it for our brother James, or as his friends call him, Jamie, it's up to you, he's going to do it for us. King David understood this. He said, if God did it before, he'll do it again. When he was facing the giant Philistine, he said, this Philistine is going to be like the lion and the bear, right? He delivered me from the bear. He delivered me from the lion. This giant's going to be just like one of them. He did it for Jamie. He's going to do it for me. No sweat. Let's roll, right? Now check this out. Do you know what a counselor is? My wife's a counselor, therapist, bunch of cool titles. Creation therapy. She's a counselor of creation therapy. Okay. I don't know all the titles, but there's a bunch of little plaques on her wall that will tell you what she is. I can't. A counselor is somebody that tells you the truth, right? People come into counseling, believing lies. The counselor tells you the truth. King David said, your testimonies 
are my counselors. Yeah. Counselors tell you the truth. Testimonies are someone else's truth that have now become your future. Is that good news? It's amazing news. Let's welcome James Randalls up to the pulpit. We did not intend <laughs> on wearing the same outfit. But well done. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Okay, well, um, Lisa, my name's James. Um, my friends here call me Mimi. Uh, so, my story starts back when I was eight years old. I had a cousin who was a few years older than I was, introduced me to um, tobacco and drugs early. So it was something that I looked at, he was a brother to me. So if he did it, I was gonna do it. And I did. So I did it for, well, from eight until uh, roughly 13 years ago. But through that time, I had uh, several things that kind of set me on a path that I shouldn't have went down. When I was 15, um, I found mixed martial arts, which kind of helped with the drug addiction because I could focus on something else. But at the same time, uh, my home life wasn't great. You know, my Father didn't get along well. One night I decided I had it enough, and me and my dad got into a fight. Of course, since I had been training, I won that fight, which caused me to get kicked out. So I lived place to place, stayed at friend's house, girlfriend's family's house, which, of course, I went back to drugs because I needed an out. So I ended up getting in trouble because I decided I didn't want to be at school one day and left. Cops picked me up and told me I was going to go live with my grandma, which I was more than happy with because they'd always been a big part of my life. I was at their house every weekend. Uh, grandpa taught me how to hunt, fish, do all that kind of stuff. So I lived with my grandparents from the time I was 15 until... I was 18. Of course, my cousin lived there with me at the time, so the drugs were still there. Um, it started out, I was just marijuana, of course, then I went to pills. Um, at 18, uh, my cousin introduced me to uh, heroin, and I dropped out of school, decided that I didn't want to do any of that anymore. So... I literally did that for about eight months, and then one night shortly after Christmas, we were partying, and when we all went home, one of the gentlemen that was with us went home to his newborn baby and OD'd. 
That's the day my life changed. I decided I wasn't going to do that anymore. I quit cold turkey with, at the time I didn't think of it this way, but God gave me no withdrawal symptoms. I was, I had a fever for one day. Normally it's three to five days of pure agony. One day I had a fever. After that, I was fine. So shortly after that, I met my wife. Um, We started dating. I had known her for about five years before that. We started dating. I moved to New Philly and put my past behind me. I stopped talking to pretty much all of my friends. Um, There was a couple that I stayed in contact with because they weren't in that life. But I completely changed my entire environment and the people that were in it. So, less than a year after me and Rand started dating, I asked her to marry me, and we got married. So, that was 2011. Um, still hadn't found faith yet. I was, I was raised in a family that there was none, because they had all got burned out on the religious aspect of they had to follow the rules and they didn't believe in it so I was never in church Rand kept trying to get me to go to church and so did her mom and I was like no I don't want to so four years ago um, a family that went here was talking to Rand and my daughter about coming to Legacy and I didn't want to, but I said I would come. And that was the best decision I made in my life. It was, like I said, I had zero anything religious. So when I come in, what Pastor Tommy said is what I believed. And I started putting that forward. Um, Now I've just graduated my second year of the academy. Um, My family has improved tremendously. Um, I have a my five year old boy is praise to God every night. Um, I was hurt a couple weeks ago. My shoulder was hurt, and he sat down and prayed for my shoulder because that's what he believes now. So, so like I said, I had started chewing snuff when I was eight years old. Um, October or November 1st of last year, I quit chewing snuff, cold turkey, and haven't touched it since. So the the biggest things that I've got from Legacy was I I had a close-knit family until my grandfather died. And we kind of all fell apart. So this and my wife's family is all the family that I have anymore. My parents are still in the picture. Me and my dad do get along now. But I don't have much family. But you guys are one of... you. I look at you all as family.
To be honest, I think that's all I got, Tommy. Give him another hand. Now, that dude is a mixed martial artist, uh, a proficient firearms technician, security guy, and uh, public speaking scared the life out of him, right? <laughs> so good. Fantastic job. Listen, this is what we do when we hear a testimony is we appropriate that prophetic word to our lives. And one of the, the most beautiful things that, that he, he showed, I think, through the whole thing is sometimes when you're in the gutter, you think getting out of the gutter is the goal. Does that make sense? And how many of you know it's not that fun to just be out of the gutter, right? If, if you were currently oppressed and now you're surviving, surviving isn't fun. Thriving is where it's at. So he didn't just come out of a heroin addiction and, and isolation and loneliness and and all of the other addictions that he's had since he was eight years old, he came out of that and into abundant life, into family, in, into new life, and into... He's, he did tremendous in the academy, by the way. Um, he's going into his third year, and he has... His third year project is an outreach project that's going to shake the whole city. And he's passionate about it. And it's not just like, I'm not a bad person anymore. He is an active solution of solving problems in Tuscarawas County now. <laughs> So I, I, got, I got this impression while he was speaking, and we've, we've been for some reason mentioning this over and over, but there's this moment when the children of Israel are, are heading into the promised land, and one of the things that they have to do before they get there is they have to leave the reproach of their past behind, okay? And, and if James would, were to allow himself to continually be defined by his past and his labels, he would disqualify himself from being a viable solution to life and abundant life in T County, right? So when, when they came out of Egypt, they didn't have to do anything. They came out of Egypt and God stood in front of the Red Sea, told Moses, hold the stick in the air, I'll take care of the rest. So he parted the sea, the Israelites walked through on dry ground. They got over to the wilderness and God still didn't make the Egyptians do anything. As a matter of fact, all they did was complain. All they did is want to turn back to their past. There came a moment when those Israelites were led by Caleb and Joshua into a promise. And before they stepped into the Jordan River to go over to the promised land, Jordan, or excuse me, Jordan, that's the river. Joshua turned around and he said, wait, before we go over, you can't take any of that garbage with you. He demanded a second circumcision. He said, you have to roll away the reproach of Egypt, meaning the mindsets that kept you in bondage won't take you into the promise. The disqualifications that kept you from, from feeling worthy or valuable, they can't take you into the promise. The expectations that you have of future failure can't take you into the promise. You have to stand at the edge of your promise and know that what's going to govern you in that land is not what got you to here. We always use the same statement, what got you here won't get you there. And for two and a half years, for most of us, that was, that was filled with heartache, turmoil, economic hardship, and issues, I say we leave that trash in the past and move on to the future of what God has called us to. 
there's something so significant about this year. I wish I had some cool like Hebrew numbers and meanings and stuff. All I'm saying is God is lit up and we're ready to roll, right? Yeah, that's the prophetic word for 2023. Would you stand to your feet with me? I hope somebody doesn't tweet that. (laughs) Prophetic word from Pastor Tommy Miller. God's lit and we're ready to roll. (laughs) Listen, uh, so, so the difference, the difference between the Egyptians, excuse me, the Israelites leaving Egypt and the Israelites going into the promise was their personal act of will and intentionality. Those guys went on a camping trip that they didn't want to go on. You guys know that's true, right? Moses was like, follow me. And they're like, oh, God. And then the death angel started coming, killing people, so they kind of had to roll out, you know? So it, it wasn't voluntary. And they complained the whole way. Which somehow, or sometimes, is the way your Christian life begins. But your Christian life will bring you out of bondage while you're still being a baby. But it won't take you into promise that way. Okay? So you have to, at this moment, see yourself standing before every promise that God has made for you. Apprehending every victory that he has for you. Seeing yourself in the 2020s, 2030s, 2040s, 2050s, in a season of ever-increasing kingdom. And realizing that all of the disappointments, all of the losses, all of those things, they would be redeemed, right? The pain of those things has to roll away before you can step into the promises that you're supposed to apprehend. You will actually disqualify yourself from what your inheritance is based on what you've been through and what people said about you. That ends today. (laughs) Creation is crying out for mature sons of God. Not positional sons of God. Not people that are good at singing worship songs, even though that's super tasteful and one of the reasons I think my my wife's amazingly attractive. (laughs) But people that manifest the life and nature of Christ in every decision they make, in, in every effort they endeavor, in the life that they live. So I despise moments that are led by emotion, okay? Kingdom emotions are fine. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't be emotional. Stoicism is not, is not an expression of Christ. He wept, okay? I'm fine with emotion. But what I'm inviting you into is something prophetic that God's doing. How many of you know who Bob Jones is? Bob Jones is one of the most gifted word prophets that our generation has ever seen. He's deceased now, but he gave a 100-year prophecy before he died. And the, 20s, or the 2030s and the 2040s would be the year that, that sons of God would manifest that even death had no dominion over. Yep. <laughs> if you can see the crescendo from now to then, you see what needs to happen and you see that you are a viable part of it of bringing in, ushering in the new and not being defined by the traps and pains of the past. So I'm not asking you to participate or step into what we're stepping into right now out of emotion. I'm asking you to remember this day. As a matter of fact, they built a monument where they were circumcised. I don't know if I told that part of the story. Okay, so the way that they were, they rolled away the reproach of Egypt is they had to participate in a second circumcision. And it says, today the Lord has 
rolled away the reproach of Egypt. And then they made a monument there. So as they continued into the promise, they could look back and remember, no, there was a day that I laid Egypt behind me. There was a day that all of the names and accusations of my past fell off. There was a day in my life that I looked forward and not backwards. There was a day that I decided to be pulled by the prophecies of the future instead of held back by the pain of the past. I have laid all those things aside and ran the race with endurance. Today, if that's you, I'm inviting you to the altar. And at the altar, I'm going to pray a corporate apostolic commission over all of you that you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and that everything you do is governed and motivated by heaven and that you never disqualify yourself from receiving another promise again. The, the truth is it's not not you and it's not not yet. It's you and it's now because that's what God's doing in the earth. If you're willing to lay aside the reproach of your past and step into what God has for you this year, come to the altar. Chris, you can play something for privacy if you